I'm Pastor Daniel Morris, and you're listening to Sharing the Bread of Life, a podcast by St. Timothy's Lutheran Church in Skokie, Illinois. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular subscriber, I pray that Christ feeds you from the stories and testimony you'll hear today. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. May the Lord fill you with every good thing, and may you have enough left over to share. The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In 2017, the anti-hate organization ADL reported a historic rise in anti-Semitic incidents taking place in a single year. Their annual audit revealed such incidents and had increased by 57% in the United States. This data is deeply, deeply disturbing. And it's supported by the many attacks on synagogues that have taken place over the last couple of years. The most recent attack occurred at a synagogue in California last week. The gunman is an evangelical Christian extremist who belongs to the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. While his denomination issued a public statement condemning anti-Semitic sentiments and racist hatred, Critics have pondered the role that his Christian faith played in his radicalization. In a most chilling way, his manifesto neatly synthesized traditional Reformed Christian theology with his hatred of the Jewish people. It's not hard to imagine how this could happen after hearing our gospel reading this morning. Jesus attends the festival of the dedication in Jerusalem one winter, and he gets into an argument with the Jews gathered around him. Things escalate, and Jesus declares, You do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. Such passages have been cast like stones at the Jewish people for millennia. Anyone who takes biblical authority seriously, and I take biblical authority very seriously, cannot escape the implications of such a statement. You do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. We could try to write such a statement off as only being relevant to a certain group of Jews at a certain time, 
We could explain it away as a non-binding expression of the historical tensions at the time John's gospel was written. However, we cannot escape the reality that words were put into God's mouth which condemn unconverted Jews as unbelievers who will ultimately perish. This kind of thinking exemplifies what Messiah College historian John Fay calls replacement theology. Replacement theology treats the church as the true Israel. In replacement theology, Jesus' followers inherit all of God's promises to the Jews, while unbelievers are dispossessed of God's promises. Fay rightly points out, if you believe in this replacement theology, that's not an incentive to go kill Jews, but it does mean that Jews are not as important in God's plan anymore. Jesus' denunciation of unbelieving Jews does little to correct such misguided theology. For in the end, we must acknowledge that a right understanding of the gospel a right reading of scripture, and right theology can make the difference between life and death. Different Christian groups have embraced different understandings about salvation since the beginning of the church. Thankfully, St. Paul left us with an understanding of salvation that both affirms Jesus as the Messiah while also respecting God's relationship with people of other faiths. In his letter to the church in Rome, Paul says, Therefore, just as one man's trespass led to condemnation for all, so one man's act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all. I'm going to read that again. Therefore, just as one man's trespass led to condemnation for all, so one man's act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all. I am not a sinner because I believe in Adam. I am a sinner by virtue of my humanity, a humanity that I have from Adam. Likewise, I am not righteous because I believe in Jesus. I am righteous because God shares my humanity through Jesus. True, it's a reality that we participate in only through faith. Yet our lack of faith does not nullify what God has done for the world in Jesus Christ. St. Paul took great care to stamp out the fires of replacement theology and other anti-Jewish rhetoric as the Gentiles and the Jews learned to live together in the early church. He does not allow the Gentiles to think that they have somehow replaced Israel or that they are somehow God's true flock. He writes to the church in Rome, saying, All Israel will be saved, and the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Paul steadfastly affirms the election of Israel, 
asserts that Israel is God's beloved and that Israel's fate ultimately is in the hands of God who loves them. He argues, just as you were once disobedient to God, but have now received mercy because of Israel's disobedience, so they have now been disobedient in order that, by the mercy shown to you, they too may now receive mercy. For God has imprisoned all in disobedience, so that God may be merciful to all. In other words, any who condemn the Jewish people or hurl stones at them for their unbelief are hypocrites, worthy of the very judgment they deal out. If the God of Israel has been faithful to non-Jews like us, how much more will God be faithful to God's chosen and beloved Jewish people? Paul affirms ever-widening circles of grace and inclusion through Jesus Christ that result in God's mercy and justification for all. We are free to have a broader understanding of salvation than the understanding presented in John's Gospel this morning. This is not to say that we can ignore or dismiss the words that were attributed to Jesus. It does mean that we receive Jesus' words in the broader context of the scriptures and the mission of the church. Justification is a universal reality on account of the crucified Christ. This truth carries an ethic with it for all who believe. In the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, other words attributed to Jesus suggest that no one can be a child of God without loving all people, including their enemies. To do any less is to fall short of the glory of God and the standards of divine uprightness. Whenever we look upon another human being, whoever they are, wherever they are, whatever they've done, we are to regard that person as God's beloved. One of my former seminary professors put it this way, we are not permitted to treat anyone as if they are outside of God's love. Therefore, let us be honest about the unintended consequences that our beliefs can have on others. Let us be honest about how a narrow understanding of the gospel, a wrong reading of scripture, and a choice-based theology can curse the world with death rather than bless it with life. Let us affirm the cosmic scope of salvation through Jesus Christ. Let us affirm the special relationship that exists between God and the Jewish people in all times and in all places. By the grace of God, all humanity has been made new in Jesus Christ. Some may deny the truth, but their denial does not change what is true. 
as God's people, we have a responsibility to grow in our understanding of the message we proclaim. Ignorance cannot rob us of salvation, but it can make the difference between death and life for someone else. I am grateful that the Church Council of the ELCA rejected Luther's anti-Judaic diatribes and violent recommendations against the Jews in a declaration to the Jewish community in 1994. I am even more grateful that the ELCA, along with the Lutheran World Federation, publicly denounced the use of Luther's writings to justify hatred of the Jewish people and Judaism today. Even with such grand statements, our work is far from over. So let us continue in the hope that we have through our Lord Jesus Christ, a hope that is not just for ourselves, but for the world. I will close with one more quote attributed to St. Paul in the letter to the Colossians. For in Christ, All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. This is our hope. This is our calling as church. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Sharing the Bread of Life. For more information on the mission and ministries of St. Timothy's Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.sttimothyskokie.org or like us on Facebook. Check back next week for a new episode. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Thank you.